Together. This no, is Laura, what. You don't say together. But it says together on the thing. Yeah, but see the colon. You say what's after the colon. It Let's try it again. Okay. Just pretend that you can't see that. Tell me Ready? Okay. One, one, two. Three. Colon. This is Laura. No, you don't say colon. Why like, did you? Why did you say a punctuation mark? You just skip. Just pretend you can't see any of that. Just to get like, just pretend it starts on the. Okay, word okay, this. okay, okay, okay. Let's okay, go. Ready? Three, two, one. This is Laura and Corey. Why aren't you talking? You told me to pretend I can't see anything. No, until we get to this. Okay, so I'm going to say three, two, one, then we start on this. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Do you want to count off? No, I'm scared. Okay, three, two, one. This, this is, is Laura, Laura and Corey from, from the new hit show, Halliston. And Side by Saturday Night is balls. I think you mean tits. And Side by Saturday Night is tits. Good job. You're so smart. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess and take that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. It's TalkCast 136, and it's Upsidasium Geek Night here tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, because tonight we're going to be a little bit different. Um, are we? Well, <laughs> I, I just thought we'd just have an awkward pause there for a minute just to be different, just to start. That's not different, though. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, in what way is an awkward pause different? Uh... Yeah, good point. All right, so for tonight's show, because of our very special Geek Night tonight, I thought we'd introduce the cast as the favorite geek they'd like to meet. So, from deep in Area 51 at the sub-level 14 Faux Cinema and Toenail Decorating Emporium, I am the Dome, and the geek that I would like to meet is Craig Ferguson. This is a guy who, if you don't know, is on incredibly late night talk show after david letterman uh he's got a gay robot sidekick he likes doctor who and he's a, a, a scottish born recently american uh incredibly funny human being who just really goes to like comic cons and uh is an incredibly cool guy and i would love to meet this guy joining us tonight are the usual suspects in the cast from the Revere Time Vortex, the violent soundboard vixen herself, Kriana? violent? Well, you, you, you've had your violent streaks. You've had your Don't violent Don't make moments. me angry. Yeah, well, we, we wouldn't like you when <laughs> yes, you're angry. thank you. No, Avengers week, I was That's true, I was Hulk. Tony Stark. Maybe I should have been the Hulk. Uh, Pretty much. It's not easy being green. <laughs> so, Kriana... Yeah. Who's the geek you'd like to meet? I would like to why? meet the enigmatic Hugo Weaving because he has to be a geek. He's in every geek movie ever invented. <laughs> yeah, pretty but much. who knows anything pretty about much. him? No one. Nobody. Nobody. Wow. Except for Illustrator X, who evidently does. From the stacks of her personal <laughs> silent zone in the Dank Dungeon reading room, it's the Zombrarian, evil scientist that she is and thrower of books. Who would it be, my dear? I want to meet Cory Doctorow so badly because he's one of the very first authors to actively fight against um, DRM, which is Digital Rights Management, uh, by making all of his writing all the time free for download in ebook format on his website. And according to XKCD, he lives in a hot air balloon high above the clouds. <laughs> and he runs the blog Boing Boing, and he's 
intelligent and what he's intelligent about is fun to read and he's amazing sweetie i can see the heart circling your head from here i know she has heart contacts (laughs) and you just can't see them because it's an audio cast they're popping in my eyes it's like something out of who framed roger rand rabbit right there man (laughs) authors what can i say from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, the flesh-eating penciler, Illustrator X. Who would it be, my friend? Well, this one's going to be a little tough, because I would have loved to have met Forey Ackerman. The, the deceased Forey Ackerman. Okay, first of all, that's a little difficult. But I, You no, asked? It's the zombie apocalypse. Look, <laughs> the man had Bela Lugosi's cape. He had Boris Karloff's ring from The Mummy. He had a letter from, I uh, believe, Samuel Goldwyn saying, give this guy anything he wants as far as props go. And so he had the War of the Worlds spaceships right up through the the, uh, the eggs from uh, the original and Alien movie. And he lived movie. in his mother's basement. And he, <laughs> he had his mother plastered in his mother. I believe he had his, the mother from uh, Psycho in his basement. Ser- in all seriousness. Awesome. <laughs> go to the... Look up the Acker Mansion and weep for what you missed out on. <laughs> Unfortunately, tonight, um, the dead redhead cannot be with us. Illustrator X, care to explain? Uh, tonight's episode is dedicated to uh, dead redhead's mom, Ellie. Uh, Ellie, uh, dead redhead right now is with her mother in uh, the hospital. We hope that all is well and our thoughts and prayers are with you. Dead redhead hasn't been feeling well anyways, so it's a it's a double whammy there. Uh, again, we really hope that uh, both you feel a heck of a lot better after hearing this. But we pretty much guarantee that right now the dead redhead is sitting on some kind of device listening to this. Of course, because what else could possibly be on her mind as she sits yeah, in the emergency room? Yeah, I don't think she room? is, guys. Exactly. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But, I mean, it'd be nice to think that, wouldn't it? It would be nice to think that. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Sweetie, our love, our love to, to you and your mom. Get better, both of you. Yeah, really. Come on, Ellie. We need you back, babe. Anyhow, this week, Risen from the Grave, once again, it is Geek Week's major factotum, Kevin Harrington. Kevin... Welcome to Sci-Fi wow. Saturday Night. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I just switched uh, to my, my headset to be a little more geek chic for, for this evening. I hope I'm coming in loud and clear. Oh, perfect. Oh, if you're not, Chris, we'll, we'll reach through the ether and smack you. I don't know if that would because... help exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've, I've seen you do that. <laughs> don't give me this. I've seen you do that. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, I the speaking of geeks, you know, my first thought is, you know, would this, would this be a real geek or is this a, a, a geek that is could be from fiction? So Tell mine is going to be two parts. Um, my geek from reality would be R.A. Salvatore because uh, he's Ooh. created some of my favorite literature uh, to this day. I still think in any game I ever play that is vaguely role playing themed. I always find a way to work in a character and even drizzit, just kind of, or, or style them around that I am such a, well, go figure. I'm the, I'm the producer of Geek Week. Of course, i got to keep my, my geek cred uh, true. Yeah, how would that uh, be? Seriously. What? Why would that be? Hmm. Yeah, uh, I think people would have my head if I hadn't heard of that guy. Uh, it just kind of, yeah. kind of comes Wait, with the territory. Wait, who hasn't heard of that guy? But, uh, uh, people that are not my friends. <laughs> okay, so yeah, if <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm a huge fantasy sci-fi fan, and I think he's one of the greatest writers I've ever read. I mean, I love George R. R. Martin, but between the two of them, I, I just I love my Drizzt, and, and I've always would love to have met. Uh, R. Well, I'm glad before. I'm glad you picked him um, instead of George R. R. Martin because we're notorious haters of George R. R. Martin here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. <laughs> oh, don't let him know. Don't let him. Don't let him know. I mean, I've been reading. Uh, a Song of Fire and Ice and seeing Game of Thrones. That guy's got some crafty shit. I, if I'm just going to say, if you piss him off, he's going to send an angry army of little dwarves to dragon fire the shit out of your house. And that's, that's okay. not yeah, he can... well. We're ready. 
We're ready and for that. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point out that nobody has picked Joss Whedon. So, you know, Whedon, we know you're a fan of the show. You're listening right now. <laughs> Avengers 2 better be good if you want to be on this list. Here's the thing, though. I think that none of us picked Joss Whedon because we all assumed that someone else was going to pick Joss Whedon. And we wanted, and we love our past. Now you're just being nice because you know Joss is listening. Well, I I do. I I mean, Joss is a big fan of the show, and uh, we're gonna have him on. I don't don't know what I would have to say to Joss Whedon now. Why aren't you as good as Sam Raimi? Probably oh. I have the same... And we could add Probably him to the I list the of people who will never be on the show. Right in the hand that's Yeah, really. <laughs> I know what I would say to Joss Whedon. The exact same thing I said to Amber Benson like five times during Hi. our conversation. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Come home with me and then just hug them and don't, don't ever let them go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't or at least that's what I would do with Amber Benson. I mean, she's, she's awesome. No, all I could do is, is stand there and smile and say hi. It was terrible. it was really funny. Yeah, Amber yeah, Benson's like the I biggest wasn't. sweetheart on the face of the planet. She is. Not, she's so nice. She's not intimidating at all. But she's yeah. Just but which so was awesome. funnier when she met Amber or when I met? Uh... Oh gosh. Well, there's there's funny it, and it, then there's sad. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> we ended up. I ended up interviewing a, a couple of the other. Beautiful women of the <laughs> Whedon verse from Buffy was, Angel. Was that a, was that a question, Dom? Yeah, exactly. And I just kind of humming, 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 humming it. So you were <laughs> in the like, Adams family. There. Yes. <laughs> yes. Was that a question? Yes. Mm. So, so Not anyhow, our best interview. Speaking Kevin of questions, we met at Boston Comic Con. Uh, because at one point he was our, our booth neighbor as uh, we were in the main hall at, at Boston Comic-Con. And yes, Kevin had the, this, uh, the, that big entranceway there. And for, for the Sauvignard or uh, the Hall of exactly, Heroes, as I, as exactly. I think some people were calling it by the end the of the hall day. Hall of Heroes, yeah. The Hallowed, the Harrowed Dead, uh, the Noble Dead. I, th- I think it was Cosplay Nation at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, that was a that was a very difficult day in a good way to be like I have to be working and then just seeing uh, gorgeous people coming dressed as like my favorite characters from everything video games, comic books. Uh, I, I poison you know when Poison Ivy walked by, I was like, I really find it difficult to work right now. Uh, <laughs> you and Dom should have a table a, together. A fun challenge. You would never get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Because yeah, that's... I be I. I'd be the worthless. I'd be the most worthless crime fighter if I existed in the DC or Marvel universe. <laughs> because I'm just like, oh, you're beautiful, you're super strong, and you're barely clothed. Um, um, I have a battery. I'd, I'd be like, I'd be my face would be pummeled. I'd be like, uh, unless I'd have some sort of, I'd have to have Superman strength just so I don't like get killed saying hi uh, to the to the villains. I'd have to, you know, subdue. <laughs> I'd be done. Boys and I would come up and be like, oh, I'm going to And then I'd be defeated. I'd just like hand over my wall. I'd be like, oh, no, Catwoman. Oh, you're really pretty. Oh, oh, oh shit, I got stolen again. I'd be, uh, you could like prime this up 100%. What are you doing? Well, they, they figure out they got all these beautiful ninja girls and all. I can't do anything except awkwardly try to say hello and then please don't stop. But, uh, if, you know, if I let you have my wallet, could we go get coffee sometime? And then, yeah. I'd be worthless. So anyhow, I'd Kevin... have a sidekick that would be a pretty girl that would just keep me in line, and just we could just be like, oh, I'm sorry, he he gets like this. He's 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 functionally retarded. Uh, hi, my name is Katka. I'm going to defeat you now, and he'll take all the credit. Um, and that'd be the only way I'd be a superhero. I'd be defeated all the time. I silenced you. <laughs> well, there I go. My power would be awkwardness. <laughs> Uh, no, awkwardness I'm just bleeding that profusely one hit. Oh, bleeding awesome. profusely. Kevin, that was the best plus ten on Spankable. <laughs> he has he has the power of the universe, but a crippling insecurity around anything female. He is Captain Awkward, aka Kevin Harrington. So you're you're Clark Kent and Superman at the same time. Yeah. Oh, 
So who better to run Geek Week than Kevin Harrington? Because this is a phone interview. I'm awkwardness with Spider-Man and the, I don't know, inapproachability of Clark Kent. Uh, I'm, I'm the amalgam of their two weakest parts. So. I was going to say, it's a good thing this is a phone interview because Sci-Fi Saturday Night is, what, like two-thirds women at this point? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, then it'd be great because then I don't know. Maybe they could somehow build me up into being. Uh, now they'd be like, "Oh, when Josh Whedon comes back, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to hear more from this Clark Kent guy. We want to see. We want to hear more from the guy that's going to make Clark Kent turn into Superman." Or uh... <laughs> so, Kevin. Yeah. Tell us about what you guys were. What Geek Week did at Boston Comic Con. Sure. Uh, so this year was great. Uh, this year was the sixth uh, installment, or as we were calling it, episode six of Geek Week. And uh, we tried something different this year. We Normally, we, we've done most of our shows at Improv Boston. That's been kind of our you know, fortress of solitude. And we've been growing steadily over the past couple of years. We expanded uh, the year before and did some shows at uh, the comedy club that is no longer with us called Motley's, which was an amazing place. And uh, I was approached by um, people that were affiliated with Comic-Con, uh, Boston Comic-Con, when we were working at an event uh, called Kamikaze Con. And they're like, hey, you know, we, we should really do some work together because you've come here and, you know, done a table and marketed your festival. And it's, it's been great because, you know, it's perfectly audience uh, for both. Um, but in the past, it's, it's always been unfortunate for us because Geek Week and Comic-Con have been in the same weekend. So it's like totally pulling a Clark Kent Superman where it's like, by day, pitching, you know, flyers at Comic-Con, by night, struggling to maintain sanity as he runs a festival. Uh, but this year, <laughs> we, we had the benefit of having Comic-Con uh, the weekend before. And so Jim was talking to me, and he's like, why don't you come in? You can come and maybe even have some of your, your guests perform and do show because we've got a much bigger space than we've had and um Heinz is ginormous and Isn't it wonderful? Past, it's great i remember when it was it was in the basement of uh that that one convention center uh, downtown so i mean oh it's, gosh it's, yeah that was horrifying because it was all these right, rooms everywhere right right, right. It, was, it felt like a little trap room like something out of a resident evil i go in the wrong space and like <laughs> i don't know something horrific would happen to me like I don't know, an overgrown version of the cube. Like, you know, it just looked like something uh, <laughs> David Lynch would have put together. And anyway, so, you know, now we're at the big Heinz Convention Center. And like, you know, we've got all this space. We should really, we thought about doing more performance-based uh, events. And, you know, we've had panels that are, you know, those are great and people love them, but that, that stuff you can get at any convention. Why don't you come and do a sampler of Geek Week? And, we thought about it. I was like, so do you want me to do a room? He's like, I'm giving you an entire panel room, run the shows. We have a few panels that'll come in that like fit what you're doing, but basically just kind of have streaming activity. And it was the first year he'd ever done something like this. So he was a little nervous and it was the first time we've gone, uh, gone out and done shows during the day. Cause normally as a performer, a comedian, you don't really do many shows, uh, you know, before sunset. I don't know if it's just like a crowd. It's like vampires. It's and a vampire for the thing, people yeah, you're typically performing for. Um, so we're like, all right, we'll 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 try doing our comedy during the day. And if we burst into flames, we know it's not working. Um, but, you know, we brought a bunch of groups in. Uh, I had two comedians, Paul Gannon and Richard Stanley, who came all the way from the U.K. Uh, to help and perform. And uh, they do a, a week of shows, or monthly show, in England called Geeks Night Out. And it's basically, you know, sketch, stand-up, and variety all around geek events. And then, like, they'll interview a, a comic or a writer uh, about, you know, what's going on with geeks. And so I had my counterpart from across the ocean come and play, and we, uh, we hosted a, a stand-up show called Nerds of Prey, uh, which I, <laughs> I'm biased. I think that was probably the greatest thing at Comic-Con because it was probably the greatest thing that happened at at uh, Geek Week, along with the complete works of Batman Abridged, which, uh, for those people who don't know, is uh, two of my friends, Dennis Hurley and uh, Dave Sawyer, put together a two-person show that is sketch and improv that synthesizes the entire work 
of the film and TV series of Batman up till the most recent picture, and they just kind of do a 30-minute recap of everything that happened, and it's hilarious. So we had Nerds of Prey stand-up that's very heavily comic book-based, leading into an amazing, you know, 30-minute complete works of Batman by two people. It's fantastic. Like, the audience, they, they didn't, they've never seen something like this at uh, Boston Comic-Con, and a lot of our performers have never performed for this type of audience. Because, I mean, it's like an audience that knows your material as well as you, if not better, that you're drawing from. And <laughs> that's cake for a comedian, because it's like, we never get to do uh, bits about, like, how much we hate Hal Jordan, and why is he the Green Lantern? The movie is always about the Hal. It's not about the other lanterns. But, oh, it's the most commercial. And, and then you can have some kind of deep cuts here. It's just like, I am a big fan of Guy Gardner, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, amen, someone stands up. Or just the fact that you can polarize an audience and be like, I love Star Trek. I hate Star Wars. And you can get 70% of the room to roar with you, 30% of the room to roar against you. And, and you know, it's just the fact that you can get people passionate about it. And that's what's really fun. I mean, that's what Geek Week means to me. I mean, being a geek just means you know, you're passionate about a subject. You don't have to have super, you know, intelligence and levitate off the ground. You could just really have a strong opinion of Doctor Who, and you're my All, all you I, have to I, do is I run into any room at Boston Comic Con, yell the words, Firefly and Fox, and then run away. <laughs> <laughs> or, or run into any room and just say, Hi, is exactly 3.14, and uh, <laughs> you would definitely get an opinion out of somebody. <laughs> But, uh, oh, so, so this year, you know, getting back to kind of like what it is, what we do, um, for the past couple of years, we run for about five days, you know, Wednesday through Sunday, and we cover the gamut of stand-up, sketch, short video, music, all things around and under the umbrella of geek culture. So if you're into boing-boing, uh, I mean, if you're into packs, like we are a comedy festival for that. Um, so, I mean, we take geek culture and we focus it more into comedy because, you know, we're all huge geeks that do comedy. And it's like, finally, we get to do something that we are really passionate about, but we just don't know the right, you know, it's, it, this is finally the right venue, the right forum to kind of show, show your show your ink, as it were, for being a geek. So it went well is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. It feels uh, like home. I, yes. I feel like, yes, we, we've traveled the galaxy for these past many years looking for a perfect audience, and we found them. We found them in buckets. Uh, we had our, our the house, the room was supposed to fit something like 100 people, and when we started our shows, all the seats are filled and all the space in between, and then along the wall, and people are jammed into the doorway just watching the shows, and people were just coming in. They're like, I don't know. I haven't heard about this show, but I want to see it because it's something geeky. And then they were, like, running and telling their friends, they're like, oh, my God, they got a Batman show. Oh, my God, they got this show. They've got a, a Star Wars musical puppet show. they got all this crazy stuff. Why don't we get over here? You know, and then it's like, you know, finally you had, some, you, you had something to be like, man, I could wait in line for 40 minutes to get an autograph here, but I could go see a show while I wait. So it was, it was kind of fun, the win-win for, for everybody. Although it's... As you're running it, you're just seeing like a parade of like all of your heroes writing and signing things. And you're like, oh, I want to touch you, uh, but I got to run this. But <laughs> high uh, class problems, I guess. But uh, it was so much fun. And, and the thing that I love about Boston Comic Con or things like PAX, uh, I had a blast and went to that this year as well. It's just like you're with your people, you know, like. You're with nerds, you're with geeks, and everybody's excited about this stuff. You know, we had Mr. T come up. And we did this Star Wars Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And Mr. T is building the set. He's helping <laughs> with this heavy stuff. And there's a guy dressed as Mr. T. And he is Mr. T. Don't let anybody I disappoint you. That man I'm, is Mr. T. He's amazing. Staple, and I'm pretty convinced that he really is Mr. T. I'm pretty convinced he that is. he goes incognito for a weekend and comes to Boston Comic Con every year. He, because He's like the, the Dread Pirate Robert. There, there will always be a Mr. T, no matter what happens. Someone will live on, put on the mantle of the Mohawk, and save the day, <laughs> make people drink their milk, and quit the Jibba Jabba. And he, uh, he was it. He, he came out and he freestyled yeah. a rap for four minutes. 
I know this guy didn't plan this rap. He just did this. And I looked at an audience because we were, we were nervous because like we hadn't, we were in between shows and like things weren't working as we were setting up a computer for this uh, Star Wars who wants to be a millionaire. So I'm like, Hey, why don't you uh, do the mother? You know, seeing like I can maybe pin him to do the, the mother song. And he probably gets that stuff all the time. He's like, Jack, I'm going to give you something different. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for the people. I'm going to do this for Geek Week. You're going to come out here. And he had me like spell key. And he brought a bunch of people up with me to spell out letters. And then he just rapped for four minutes. It was amazing. And like the audience, I'm looking at them and it's like their jaws are on the floor. They're like, what the hell just happened? Mr. T just rapped in front of 300 people. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for like, you know, Wu-Tang to show up and everybody challenge Mr. T and he just destroy him with rhyme. But it was, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, like, is where there else a video you... of that? I, I know who you're talking uh, about. And yeah, I, both... I believe we do have it. I actually got to find him on Facebook and see if we got it because I think he had one of his guys uh, recording it with an iPhone. And I was like, you were like, oh, is it cool to record? I'm like, somebody please record this right now. I, I want this to be preserved forever. If okay. it's not on the internet or if somebody doesn't have it, it's forever burned in my brain. Uh, and i got to figure out a way to upload that because it was one of the funniest moments of the festival. I know who you're talking about. And yeah. uh, he's also a regular at the Granite Con show in Manchester, New Hampshire. And, right. Uh, he, he's, he's, from, he's from New Hampshire, but he, he's all over the world, man. I see Every time I see anything, any Comic-Con, like across the country, loading pictures, they'll be like, sure. oh, here I am with Mr. T. And it's this Mr. T. He's, he's, he's like Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> I know exactly who you're Luke. talking about. He's hilarious. Yeah, I love you know, X, we're going to see him in like two weeks. So we I can know. find out. I if can't wait. So we can find out if he's got the video and get it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to see it. If he has it. Or, or God, you know, if you don't have the video, just have him rap for you. Uh, <laughs> like, I feel like he just needs to release, you know, like the eighteen, you know, volume two, and it's just <laughs> rapping and giving a positive message. Drink your milk, and it was just like, just to have him, just you know, going to that. It was great for me. I, I feel like for everybody being there, it's like it's like your childhood has come back, and it's grown up, and it's gotten even better. It's like everything that you love has leveled up and it's like as far as you can see that's what, <laughs> you know the comic-con experience is oh man that's why i love it so I'm, I'm telling you i have so much fun there and it was so yeah. cool watching you just kind of bouncing around making things happen <laughs> now, well, thanks, man. I, 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 the obvious question for me is okay with a geek audience how do you handle a geek heckler where they're like, well, in issue 377 of Superheroes, <laughs> we, we established that Bouncing Boy was actually married mm -hmm. to Duo Damsel. Mm -hmm. How do you handle people like that? The way you handle them is because, you know, I think some comedians, like the thing that I liked about our show, like our performers and our audience, I get I get nervous when there's a question like that. Like I think the instinct a comedian might make fun of that person. I think it's okay. It's, right. it's okay when it's a heckler though. Because at a certain point, it's like you've just you've just drawn a line in the sand. And like you look around the audience, and it's like that person's ruining it for the audience. And then you can like you can you just bring them into the tractor beam and you just destroy them. Uh, we have two comedians in particular, uh, Matt D and Ken Reed, are amazing amazing comic book nerds. And basically, if anybody tried to quote verse with comic book with Ken Reed or pop culture, he would just be like, no, you're wrong. And then he would like verbatim, he could quote it and he'd be like, and this is why this is better. Uh, the way you, you, you take them on is you just, you're a bigger, badder, nastier nerd than they are. And I think the thing is a lot of hecklers don't realize if you're a heckler at a comic book show and there's a stand-up doing comedy based on comic books, that comedian like Tom Frank and Zach Carr are amazing. They're uh, two comedians from LA that came up to Comic-Con and they played Geek Week as well. They come to perform. If you think you're going to heckle these guys who are nerd comedians, uh, uh, that is, that is like, that is like testing the throne. You're, you are about to get slaughtered in front of public. Like they, they can just put you in nice. your place. And some of them can just do it with style. And it's not necessarily, Get, get mean, but it's kind of like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. It's like, oh, I'll be nice. 
until it's time not to be nice and then just kind of throw grips, uh, except with a microphone. So more of like, I don't know, a garrote. <laughs> By the way, guys, um, the, the Mr. T guy we've been talking about, his name is McDaniel McLeod. I don't want to yeah. know that. Don't don't say that because that's his his name is Mr. T. I know Mr. I know oh, his, no. his civilian name. Is Mr. name. T. I'm just yes, saying. There you go. I'm just, I'm just saying, saying. I friend him on Facebook. <laughs> or you can find and him at Mr. See, T USA. We'll see a wonderful on Facebook. picture of him with a rogue cosplayer and her fine backside. But uh, having said that, <laughs> I do think I know got which their Facebook rogue? open right yes, now. Yes, exactly which rogue it is, too, yes. <laughs> so, Kevin, what's in store yes. for Geek Week now? What's coming up? Well, uh, right now, I like to think of, I am in the process where, if I can put, use Rocky analogy, you remember Rocky Four when he's getting ready to fight Ivan Drago? That's what we're gearing up for. You. Yeah, like somewhere there's a Geek Week or there's a force that's seeking to destroy Geek Week, and it's got all the the best science that, you know, communist Russia in the 80s can buy. And right now, me and Pauly are, we're eating sandwiches, and I'm pulling them around in an ox cart up in, I don't know, the Canadian wilderness. So right now, I am, I am, I'm hitting the gym, jumping rope, drinking my milk, quitting the jibber jabber. Uh, and it's it's all the planning <laughs> phase right now, you know. It's it's like drawing a map, you know, sipping that mug of coffee, like any good zombie movie where they've got the general. Damn it, they're coming in everywhere. This is how we're gonna hit them. We're gonna hit them hard. We're gonna hit them fast. Um, for so for right now, it's just it. I'm planning it and trying to figure out how to make this bigger and better. I've always wanted to bring Geek Week to other places, and this year we did uh, an event in New York City. Um, basically kind of a, uh, an attempt at a geek week. A friend of mine, Jen Desuria, uh is a comedian down in New York, and she does a show called What Philosophy Majors Do After College, uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> and we did a, a wonderful event called, uh, it was a trivia event, and we did Geeks versus Nerds. And how we defined it as maybe, uh, it, she was representing nerds, I was representing geeks, and as she put it, uh, nerds have uh, valuable or relevant uh, information, uh, and geeks have trivial knowledge, uh, but we proved back and forth that uh, nerds and geeks tend to have a lot of the same bubble of where their passions and intellect lie. See, and, uh, that, it was very fun. That yeah. interests me. I remember that show that was on a few years ago called Beat the Geeks. Yeah. And, and I remember like the geeks would get a geek-level question, and then the regular contestants would get this like piddly question like, What's a what's a color that ends in purple? And it's like, come on, guys, <laughs> a geek level question. Right. And so I'm glad you're actually upping the ante with this. Right, right. And well, I mean, it wasn't the the audience wasn't playing against us, uh, but it was just a way to kind of vary it up and made it a fun trivia because you know typically you might get some Joker pop culture question that's like, what movie? In 1984, won an Academy Award, or, you know, this guy, known for Star Wars, also directed this. And you're like, oh, I think I know this. Uh, but having some kind of fun, geekier stuff, like, what is the Klingon expression for this? And then, like, 15 people in the audience are like, I can't believe they're asking that. I actually know this. And it's like, <laughs> I, it's just like, I never realized it would actually be called on this. Fie on you knowledge I used for law school. Fie a challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he stands I... up and goes, Fuck <laughs> And you have to like get them before their deal because they're like, oh shit, I just gave out the answer. So the whole room is like, Paddock? Is it Paddock? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rhymes with that. And then Paddock, does like right? a clean on throat chop. <laughs> so are, are, are there plans to see Geek Week at Boston Comic Con again next year? Oh, I wholeheartedly want to and plan to. I think Jim was really happy having us there. We loved it. The audience response was crazy. I mean, they just, seeing them, the fact that some people were just popping in just to see something different, and then when they got there and it was a you know full show, just to see people come in and more people come in, and those people stay and stay, and they're just like, I want to see more, I want to see more. It's like, I've got a pass for this Comic Con for the whole weekend. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen comedy 
nerdy comedy for people like me. And, you know, I haven't seen, a, you know, I can wait in line and meet the artists and get their autograph, and that's great. But, like, I can see a show. And, you know, we're all pumped for, you know, at that point, The Avengers was coming out. And we were all, you know, chomping the bit for Batman. So the audience is all feeding off that. So when we are able to give them what they want, like, we can do a salute or tribute to Batman or what, how we would make the Batman better, you know, just to do, like, you know, comedy rant on that. Um, you know, it's just such a fun way to play. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so I think, you know, for next, next year, things that I'd really like to see, I'd really like to get more different and varied genres. Something I've always wanted to do is maybe if we get enough different groups, like Wednesday have, like, you know, a superhero night. Thursday be, you know, sci-fi like Dune. Uh, Dune is like my, is, is like my delicious, that's my junk food. That's how I put nerds in their places. I'll quote Dune and somebody will be like, all right, let's see what he has to say. You know, if we ever have a heckler, I'll be like, my name is a killing word, sit down. And they're like, I believe it. <laughs> um, I'm like, really? I'll be like, I am like, my name, I have better power. I come from Southern Idaho. I know Duncan Idaho is a small village. It was actually incorporated into the book, but it exists. And then I was like, he's right. It is a small town in Idaho. I learned that on the internet. I learned going up there. I'd be like, I learned that from the sand itself. He's like, whoa, this guy's a little weird and fanatical. I should probably sit down and respect the show. And I'm like, yeah, you will. You might learn something. <laughs> and then that person becomes a convert. They get the Kool-Aid forced upon them, and then they're like, cool, tell me who I need to go forth and kill. There you uh, go. A little cultish. As uh, it should be. As it should be. Anything worth doing is worth doing en masse with masks and ritual daggers uh it's good times i was gonna um, say if, but, we have, if we can get kevin anderson on the show i gotta have you back oh please please, <laughs> please. That, you don't have to say anything else that just said it all <laughs> <laughs> now, now kevin if you recall you and i had a conversation about oh god it was like i think it was late saturday night and we were both really exhausted and i said wouldn't it be cool to have, like, a superhero musical? Yes, yes. And you know what? We did. We had a musical, a show that is coming up. I actually, oh, they're going to kill me for not having the dates. They're debuting their show. Uh, Vagabond Theater Company has put together a show based around superheroes, but more about people at a convention. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. It's called True Believers. And... Uh, we, yeah, like, I'm with you. We need a superhero musical. Uh, we oh. had a show uh, that that came, and they, they do improvised musicals. The name of the group is called Bump, and that's actually uh, a group I perform with. I'm going to be performing with uh, a little bit later tonight. Uh, and they did a, a, a you know, a 30-minute superhero musical. But I was like, we need that. Why why aren't there more? There's, you know, I mean, I'm Spider-Man. serious. Just you know in the why? middle of that big hall of heroes, just yeah, out yeah. of nowhere, just because a flash Mar- musical. Oh. We need oh, yeah, like, because a, like a theater, is, or I mean, improv everywhere. Like somebody just spring that on the audience. That absolutely. would be. I absolutely. would love it if we I, did that next year. It would be the coolest thing in the universe, and people would just stop dead for it. And if you, you heard get, about it here first, folks. If you could get the rights to the Marvel songs from the '60s, <laughs> oh my god, and incorporate it, you know, I mean, oh my god. <laughs> I hope Ten Pound Alley in New York is listening to this podcast because they would be all over it. They are a very funny musical-based improv group, and many of the the people in the group are very big fans of comic books. Just saying, just saying, just saying. You know, point point them to our website. Let them know. I will. I will. And we're (laughs) we'll we'll happy to accommodate them with our great ideas. (laughs) Now, Kevin, I know you have to leave. Because you're actually on yes, a performance tonight, which is why the show is actually upside down, and we did the interview portion first. Yeah, we did the bizarro version, so people are, you know, they're a little worried. Don't worry. This is just the bizarro episode where we That's do right. backwards to front. The Legion uh, of Doom tonight. The Legion of Doom is taken over tonight, and I, with my bizarro power, my crazy, yeah, <laughs> backwards sign. Me and very best friend, not for us. Don't. We should have all been bizarro people. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go hurt hug something. Ah! 
<laughs> I know, I know. Wait, of course, we didn't know we were Bizarro show until is, about... Is it just me? Oh, wait, what were you saying? Sorry. Yeah, that's what big... the I know. <laughs> I, I always just felt that Bizarro was just basically the Scooby Dumb uh, for, for the Justice League, <laughs> you know, the cartoon. And uh, just kind of like, oh, I don't know, why, we don't really need this, why? do we? Why, why do we have this on here? Like, ooh, 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 ooh. that's what they need. They need something that makes kids feel better about themselves. But, something but to aspire to, and then something to be like, well, at least I don't talk backwards and look like my face was put together by a Rubik's Cube and painted white and smashed by Solomon Grundy. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. So, Kevin, really? I love <laughs> you. I want to have your baby. <laughs> I, want to have, I want you to have my baby. I want us to, and you know, that's the great thing about being where I live in Massachusetts. We could do that. Because, <laughs> A, the two men, we can make this happen legally. And with all the science that is floating around, we could make a junior scenario happen. I'm just saying. Okay. I've, got a, I've got a good no, fertile no, belly. Okay, I'll get right on that. <laughs> I'm full of love and love and nurture, and I will make a warrior child somehow. Where it's fun to find out. Kevin Harrington, Geek Week, Uh, he's making it happen. (laughs) Yeah. So check us out on Facebook. We are Geek Week Boston, or you can check us out again. We're going to be as we hopefully expand. It'll probably just be Geek Week Comedy on Facebook, and uh, you can check out our website, GeekWeekComedy.com. It has links to all of this stuff. So, you know, next April we'll be coming back. Probably this fall we'll be, you know, we're going to be dropping a few more locations. It's on the DL right now. We're just trying to map out where to take it next. But basically, wherever there are geeks, wherever there's nerds, wherever there's a need, Geek Week Comedy will be there. And you'll find all the links on our website. You'll find yep. uh, everything you need to know about what Kevin does and who's having I, I his baby. I want to know if Geek Week does private <laughs> parties because the Revere Time Vortex could really use that up in here. <laughs> private parties? I will do private parties. I'm a comedian. I pretty much do anything for an audience or a dollar. Or I'm a like beer? I'm like a comedy mercenary. <laughs> or a beer. Oh, fuck. Jeez, I'll do anything for a beer. I'm an Excellent. Irish comedian. <laughs> I'm governed by my appetites. That's, oh, audience or a beer? Ooh, I'll just follow it. Like, God, for, you know, good thing they didn't have, like, little, you know, if, you know, kidnappers have never wisened up to put, like, little shots of Jaeger or liquor or beer leading up to their unmarked van because I would be done for. I would have been kidnapped like that. I'm like, oh, free stuff. <laughs> well, I think you're invited to our next party. I well, think thank you. Absolutely. Well, I didn't mean Sci-Fi Saturday Night Party. I just well, guys, mean Zombra, Ian and I. Well, I, I meant the staff retreat. When we have our official staff retreat in August. <laughs> That's there, not there. a thing. I am, I am game. That's I am not game. a thing. Um, <laughs> it is now, damn it. You can't We're announce that and not have it be a thing. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> you get my hopes up. It's like, hey, who wants a dog for Christmas? Sorry, it's August. There's no such thing as Christmas. <laughs> Who wants beer in a retreat? Oh, I do. Nope, never well, gonna I, happen. I didn't say that beer wasn't a thing. That was true. Oh, beer is yeah, available here at our house. Mostly because Triana buys it. Well, and okay. Drink first it. of all, we we bought <laughs> whoa, it to go whoa. to Illustrator X party, so we bought a lot. Okay, and then the snowstorm <laughs> happened, bad. and we didn't get to go, and it was in my car. It had to be. It had to be consumed <laughs> one way or another. Well, well that's like this lonely bottle of SoCo I got because a girl I was hope- hoping to impress is a huge fan of SoCo. And I got this thinking I would have the perfect New Year's Eve, like I was taking cues from the ladies' man, and I spent like the perfect evening. I was like, oh, I've got a huge thing of SoCo because I'm so gentlemanly. And uh, nobody had anything to drink out of that other than her and me that night and the next day. And I was like, so oh. You were grass. trying to impress like, Janis Joplin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't? I had the ghost of Janis Joplin on New Year's Eve. It was amazing. Holy shit. Good for you. I, I was trying to picture my superhero musical idea. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me some more of that SoCo. I'll, oh, what time is it? Oh, I think it's after New Year's. I got to get going back to uh, heaven or hell or wherever I am. I'm a ghost. Just oh, wow. like that. 
just like that, and she disappeared, just like in the usual suspects. I was like, but I'm just getting you in line, and then she was gone. <laughs> oh, here, try this. It's a Kaiser Soko. Yeah. <laughs> then I realized, wait, she's a ghost. Uh, I've been drinking all night. Oh, no, she's not real. Then... But she was real, just well, in there. Like, problem. You realize Kevin's not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have to go. We I want to say it's all we, we need to continue this later. We We've need done to like almost a full hour interview like we now. Scratch the surface of nerdy well, fun. I'll stuff. tell you what. As as you get closer towards setting your schedule for the mm-hmm. coming season, you're mm-hmm. coming back, and you're going to bring right. a couple of couple of your yeah, cast members friends. with you too. How's that? Everything's better with friends. Uh, it's, Sorry. <laughs> we can fix that in post, right? Absolutely. There is no, no post. No. Yes. Totally oh, yeah. yeah. yeah believe me. Uh, the thing I was going to add is we're trying to put together a few events this summer because it's like we had so much fun. I think Nerds of Prey is going to come back and do an event either wherever we can get them hosted because it was such a great, fun show that um, we were looking to maybe take some of the acts from Geek Week and go find other conventions, you know, like Rhode Island or New Hampshire or Maine or New York, Vermont, New Jersey, wherever as things are going, because it's like twofold. Have a great show that people love, but also promote, uh, you know, where, what we are and what we do. Um, so I think, you know, stay tuned. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, you know, geekweekcomedy.com and geekweekboston on Facebook. And, you know, I, I tweet stupid fun stuff up there all the time. You can find my Twitter feed where I, I'm coming up with rejected Mega Man bosses, which is one of my favorite pastimes. I know other people do it, but uh, mine, I think, are a little weirder. Uh, so therefore better uh, and, like and, and let us know as well and, and we'll be happy to cross post it on our website so yeah, there are, are millions of do. listeners oh, yeah. cool. will uh, also uh, get the full effect of Kevin Harrington and Geek Week <laughs> All the... awesome well thanks so much guys have a, have a great night and uh, keep watching the skies as they say Ooh, nice. But Kevin, you might want to stick around to hear our, our poll for the week. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh, he can't, uh, he's late. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's hit the poll for this week. Because our All Facebook right. poll was, what okay. is the favorite what is the mo- cosmic, what is the- most useful? What's the most- Let X What's do the most- it, it's his thing. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, yes, this week's poll was, what is the most useful cosmic doohickey now we had a lot of good answers i mean a lot of people were putting in the mother box or the cosmic cube because of the avengers and the old uh marvel comic storyline with the cosmic cube or the uh whatever they called it in the movie i forget that's right and and my favorite uh answer was the towel from hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy (laughs) i'm like you know what Douglas Adams spent a good paragraph and a half on why a towel is the most important thing to have. But mm-hmm. the top three uh, responses we got, number three was a hitchhiker's thing. It was the babble fish. Ooh, and I got to admit, good. that is a pretty useful thing to have. That's, a, that's an incredible good call. I oh, like- yeah. It's Cthulhu in a good way. Having a, <laughs> a, a, a fish stick its, its sucker right into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two, we're all familiar with it, the tricorder. Yeah. It looks like a salt shaker. You know, it pretty much was a salt shaker, but it did <laughs> whatever they needed back in the 60s to get the plot right. moving. Number one, and again, the number one is always by a landslide. People just love their Doctor Who. They do. Sonic screwdriver. By a landslide. Everyone's like, they know that the this beat Kirby's mother box. This beat the 2001 monolith. People want a sonic I screwdriver. I think mine is the best entry. I think people are wrong. Oh, a yes. retcon? That's not really it a, is doohickey. a doohickey. That's Captain a plot Captain Jack device. made it into a doohickey. Yeah, oh, it's a pill. Does a pill a, count a as a doohickey? And it was That's awesome. <laughs> Well, but I, I had a pill down too. You know, the Jetsons had their food arachisacalizer food pills, mm. and I put that down as possibly the best the, the food ever. Too. Absolutely, Kevin. How do you I feel think, about the the poll results? 
I, I'm, I'm with you on the poll results. I think my favorite invention, Cosmic Doohickey, is and still and probably will always be the remote control. <laughs> Simple, precise. It's a thing that allows you to have the power of the universe whilst sitting on a couch. Okay, you get the Archie Bunker Award then. For I do, I can do, but here's the thing. I can literally have, now because of the table, I have the universe confined in a box. I have a mother box I can watch, and I have a way to control the mother box. And remote the control. Wow. They're still oh. not shit good to watch. Sir, <laughs> as a true man, man, I salute you. That is a good <laughs> We live in a golden age. We, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's one way of putting. It. <laughs> yeah, we are CGC right. all the way. All right, guys, I I really got to get running. Um, but keep watching the skies and and keep me posted because I'd love to come back. I I'd love to chat with you guys. I, I, just, I will be talking fun. to you soon, sir. Please, awesome. Have a good night, and I'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, that was an interesting. 50, oh God! 50, is he finally gone? Oh, oh. <laughs> Can we talk about something serious now? Jesus! No, absolutely not. There's nothing serious. I'm looking at the document of the show tonight. Uh, actually, there is actually, something wait a serious. Oh God! Yes, please say it while you're laughing, please. Go ahead. I'm next... laughing at Joan because he's because right at the top of the list there's something serious, but now I don't know if I want to do it. Yeah, I know. I. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Everybody, a serious moment with Zombrarian. Deep breath. Moment of silence. Because um, Leo Dillon has passed away. He uh, worked with his wife, um, and they were an illustrator team, and they did some of the most beautiful uh, sci-fi and fantasy illustrations and book covers, in my opinion, in the world. Uh, they did the covers for Garth Nix's uh, Sabriel series, and they've done covers for Madeline Langle's Wrinkle in Time series. Oh, that's a beautiful cover. Yeah. yeah the okay. ones that look kind of photorealistic but skewed a little. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, you you had me at a swiftly tilting planet. Uh, anything Madeline Langle in related i i am a, a diehard fan of but yeah probably if you're a fan of sci-fi or fantasy especially juvenile sci-fi or fantasy you've seen their illustrations they have a very distinct style um and i actually did not know who he was until i i feel bad saying it. i didn't know who he was until i clicked the link saw the illustrations and then said oh my gosh and it was he just did the white mountains didn't he for john christopher I think so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, rest in peace, Leo Dillon. We will miss you. Mm. Absolutely. Speaking of Ab missing things. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> here's, here's a really bad segue coming up. You know, one of the TV series that we've been kind of bashing about because uh, actually, since Norman Spinrad was on, was kind of the death of the Star Trek television series because uh, of the way J.J. Abrams has kind of pulled that whole franchise into movies only at this point. Um, well, somebody who wants to actually change that is Michael Dorn, who we know better as Worf from Next Generation. Dorn is actually writing a low-budget Star Trek movie and mm. wants to either go direct to DVD or to cable. And he is actually working with the SIFI channel right now to see if he can get the funding for it. Is now, it is it is it Attack of the Shoe Polish Shirtle Heads? No, it's actually cooler. Worf, it would star him as Worf, as the captain of a Federation ship chasing terrorists at the edge of the galaxy. And he said he wants some of the old Star Trek characters from Next Gen and a lot of new characters. And uh, he's met with Rick Berman. And he's meeting with the people at SIFI. So it would be really cool to have somebody besides J.J. Abrams working on this franchise. 
I will only approve this if Whoopi Goldberg comes back as Guinan. That would be so me. Yeah. Because I'm depends in love. on the reception we get character. from her head. <laughs> all right. In all seriousness, all right, I wanna I wanna get this out on the internet. Okay. In all seriousness, I remember when uh, Next Gen was ending, because yes, I am that old. And I remember thinking, oh my God, why don't they do a miniseries called Klingons? It's the history yeah. of, uh, they do it like Roots, where it's the history of Worf's family. <laughs> no, that's it, It's like the history of the history, you start from Kalis and you go up through Worf's family and the and you just have bloodshed like you've never had before and you do it all in Klingon and it's subtitled. Subtitled. I would kill to see the Dura sisters again. This is like that's peak me. art house movies right here. <laughs> Can't you see it? Can't you Absolutely. see it as peak art house like that? Wouldn't that be awesome? That Absolutely. would be the that would be that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. You know what yeah. else would be really cool? If Ridley Scott gets his way in Blade Runner 2 okay. and Harrison Ford comes back. That... I actually don't know how okay with that I am because Ridley Scott has said flat out that he, that he would not be paying, playing the same character. He was like, it'll be about the character. Oh, he has to because that that gives that much more emphasis to the end of Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. he has to come back and play Deckard. Yeah, but they—that's the whole point. I mean, it will. In the really... article I read, they said the movie will that Deckard will be in the movie and that Harrison Ford will be in the movie, but Harrison Ford will not be playing Deckard if he's in the movie. He so has I'm, to play I'm Deckard. not happy about that. He has yeah, to play Deckard. He yeah, he can only play Deckard, and if he's not going to play Deckard, I don't want him to have some fun, funny oh, oh, cameo oh, 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 where he's minute, sitting in a, a bar. I know with how a gun. They can do it. Wait, no, no, no. I know how they can do it. Okay. He's he's an older <laughs> he's an older version of the same Deckard model, which proves Replicant. that he was a replicant all along. Yeah. They could do it that way. They absolutely could. Cuz I remember there was there was like a scene that they had written for Terminator 3 that involved them meeting uh Arnold Schwarzenegger's actual human self that the Skynet was going to base the Terminator model on. Right. Yeah. That so would, we could that do would something like that, that with really Harrison Ford is like an older replicant that for whatever reason, you know, was ended up in South America or something, but it would be a nice nod to the fact that yes, he was a replicant all along. Although, you know, Maybe it's just a dream sequence because ultimately the nice thing about the end of Blade Runner is you really do not know is Deckard a replicant or not. You well, never that's, that's like the ambiguity. The, yeah. Well, yeah. that's really Philip K. Dick's strength is that ambiguity. And, and the ambi it's paranoid ambiguity at best. And, and that's yeah. what makes it really, really, really work. Well, you know, guys. Another hour has been completely wasted by us. <laughs> it's time to say what's coming up in the next couple of weeks, Illustrator X. Well, let's wait a minute. See. Wait a minute. Wait for it. There you go. What, what Mr. Peabody and the Wayback Machine? Oh. Go for it. Next week, Double Midnight's Pat Covey joins us for our annual Granite Con special because you can meet the Granite, the cast of Sci-Fi Saturday Night at the Granite Con show in Manchester, New Hampshire. Plus, we'll be talking to featured Granite Con artist Karen Goslin. Then on June 16th, you can judge a book by her covers. It's Boston Comic Con artist extraordinaire Anne Kane. On June 23rd, you won't be disappointed by Daniel Bradford, Owen McKinder, and Tom Hall of Disappointing Monsters and R13. Then on June 30th, it's the triumphant return of Boston Comic-Con artist Ted Woods. And then finally, on June... Did I say June? I meant July. I'm that excited. <laughs> July 7th, we squeeze into our spandex for Hugh Lee and Josh Am's new documentary, Cosplayer Nation. 
Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Granite State Comic Con, Boston Comic Con, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. No. I want to thank Kevin Harrington, who said he could only stay for 15 minutes and pretty much ate up the show. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we're going to have you back. I want to thank our cast tonight from the Real Time Vortex, the Sweetheart of the Soundboard, Kriana, and Grammar Girls on Brilliant. Thank you, ladies. Good night. And from the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X. Again, best wishes and speedy recovery to both uh, our own dead redhead and her mother, Ellie. Best wishes to you both. This is Dom saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks, somebody, for doing that.